Alright guys, the final score is back again with another big interview, and you know I'm a Carolina Tar Heel uh, basketball fan, diehard, and yes, this year has been tough. Uh, for example, this past Saturday night, the Duke Carolina game, wow, what a barn burner come down to the end, but gosh, Carolina, you got to make your free throws. you got to make your free throws to win the game. With me tonight... Is a guy that played at Carolina from 98 to 02, started 108 games, averaged 10.9 points a game, 5.3 rebounds in his career at North Carolina from Gastonia, North Carolina. I'm talking about Mr. Chris Lang. Welcome to the show, Mr. Lang. How you doing? I appreciate you having me on the show with you. Yeah, thank you for taking time to do this. And, uh, yeah, we were talking a little bit before we started the interview about the Duke Carolina game. And, man, like just like I said, you got to make those free throws. You got to get every point you can against a Duke team. At the Duke Carolina rivalry, uh, you know, it, it's no matter how bad one team is playing, no matter how good the other team is playing, it's always a, a close competitive game. Um, that's 100%. Every every time it doesn't matter, just like this year, has been a very, very rough year for us. But um, as you can see, there was still some fight in us. Um, you know, we had a great opportunity at the end of regulation. Um, and we also had a great opportunity to win the game in overtime. Definitely. It's just uh, Duke, Duke is, a, is a very good team, very pesky team. Uh, they, they fought to the end. And, well, like you said, 38 for 21 on free throws. Yeah, just not going to get it. Yeah, missing seventeen free throws is 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 tough in any game, especially in a Duke game. Now, you're from Gastonia, so that's that's James Worthy town there, right? I mean, growing up, were you a Carolina fan growing up? Well, you know, I was actually just a fan of basketball, period, like players. You know, right. I always watched players and studied players, even when I was a little kid. But obviously, naturally, I was a Carolina uh, Carolina boy, so. Um, of course, 100%. Yeah, the James Worthy thing, was that? did that have anything to do with you pulling for Carolina being from your hometown of Gastonia? Um, actually, no, it didn't. Uh, why I started pulling for Carolina more than anything is because at the time, Coach Smith always had very good big men coming in and out, in and out. So since I knew I was going to be a, a big man, I was like, well, why not watch a team that's, you know, had a lot of good big men come through their, their program. Right. So, of course, during that time, that was like Eric Montross and those guys. Oh, so, yeah. You know, so I was, that's why I was really a, a drawn towards the schools because they're, boy, they put out good big men. Yeah, was it, Was there any other sports you played in high school or was basketball it for you? No, I played golf. In golf. golf country. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I, lo I love golf. I was actually on the junior high and a high school golf team. And um, as well uh, cross country, but that was more of a uh, a mandatory, non mandatory <clears throat> thing <laughs> that high school coaching needs to do. Yeah, uh, you you'll never believe this when I tell you. I'm from a small town, but we do have we have a country club and a golf course. I've lived here for uh, about 40 years now, and I've never played a round of golf. I'm really? just I'm just I can't. I've hit I've hit some at driving range and stuff, but I just know. If I get into it, and and uh, you know you're you're not playing against the person, you're playing against the course, and I know I will get frustrated with that course, and I'll be <laughs> and ain't no telling what I will do. It might be more stress on me than than anything, but uh, more power to you, golf players. More power to you. I just can't. I can't do it. Uh, so, uh, I love it. When did you know basketball was going to be what took you to the next level? 
tell you what, that's a good question. I would say when I was actually about 12 years old is when I knew I had to focus on basketball. Because it was a sport that came to me fairly easy, even though I was taller than everybody else, but I still had a nice little touch. Um, and then once, back then it was the AAU ball, once the team started recruiting me to come play with them, um, I was like, well, I must be good. Because remember, I'm from a small town, yeah. you know, Gastonia, and, and so I'm not thinking anything huge and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, you have dreams, but I didn't realize how close and how realistic my dreams were. I was just, I was just playing because I love to play. Um, but then when I, I would say my eighth grade year, which back then it was junior high, now it's called middle school, um, that's when it really became real big and started getting like a little bit of a national attention even at that young age. And I just kind of figured, well, <laughs> I guess I might be pretty good. Yeah, so, so what other schools besides Carolina were in the mix to try to get you to come play for them? Well, well all the schools were, but the schools I was inter- interested in was right. Wake Forest, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, because I love Bobby Cribbins and I love Dave Odom. Because right. during that time, I went to Wake Forest to visit, and that's when Tim Duncan was there. So, oh wow! Um, I was, yeah, I went into private workouts with them and I uh, watched them quite a few times. And then Bobby, Bobby's just a great guy. He's a great coach. He was a great human being. Um, so, and we clicked very, very well, especially him and my mom. Um, so, those really were the three main schools. Obviously, you know, NC State was interested and i had some interest because my uncle went to state but um at the end of the day you know i mean off the record i wanted to go to hawaii just for an official visit just to hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> i can't blame but, you there but my mom said no that's just gonna look too obvious you know you're looking at carolina and all these acc schools and then boom, <laughs> you know, go to hawaii for official visit they know they don't have a chance yeah exactly what made what <laughs> made what was the deciding factor that made you pick carolina uh, tradition um, and the fact of how they were producing big men. Once right. again, like uh, Georgia Tech at the time had a great relationship with Bobby, uh, but they were producing mainly New York-style guards. They were at that time, you know, it's the Steph Marbury's and, and, and those guys. And so I was like, okay, they don't really have that many big men coming out. And then Wake Forest was close because they had Tim Duncan, Tim. and I knew Tim Duncan was leaving when I was coming in. Yep. So um, I was like, well, you know what? This would be a big opportunity because, you remember, I committed as a junior, so they were already, you know, I was you know, going to both of them at my official visit there. Right. Senior, like before my junior. And I was like, well, that day, it was tough. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, Coach Smith, his history um, with Coach Guthridge, um, you know, obviously talking with Jason Cape and him because, you know, we were all – we all played in the same AAU programs and in uh, McDonald's All-America, so we all, you know, like, why not just go together? Yeah. So yeah. we did. So first impressions at Carolina when you stepped on campus? Oh, man. Uh, obviously, first and foremost, it's a huge campus, uh, but it's well-maintained. It's pretty. I mean, it's what you would imagine as from a big college. You know, you got your quad where all the kids are there. You know, you got your library on one side. You got your one building where you got the cafeteria, and you know the traditional-looking buildings. Um, it's just well up kept. But like I said, country boy, going to big schools kind of overwhelming. 
But um, <laughs> my first month or two, I just went from Granville Towers to my classes. I wasn't much of a an adventurer. I went Granville Towers, class, gym. I, I found the route. <laughs> And I, and I literally walked it because I didn't have a car. You can't have a car your freshman year on campus. So right. I walked. I walked from each of those spots, and that's all I did. I minded my business. But then, you know, after, after my first season, uh, then, you know, I started venturing off. <laughs> <laughs> so, Coach Guthridge, what was it like playing for Coach Guthridge? Oh, well, playing with Coach Guthridge was um, just like playing with Coach Smith. Uh, obviously, you know, he was his assistant for over 37 years. Yeah, and reason being, I mean, they're they're they were like you know twins. They were brothers. They they did the same style. They didn't believe in cursing at you, but they could still make you feel bad. Yeah, um, but without without cursing at you, but they they just reinforced and made you feel good and positive. Um, I can't explain how they did. They can, they just knew how to get the best out of you without having to yell at you, but um, you know, in, in a negative manner. And you know, and, and we responded very, very well to that. Yeah. Um, I miss them. I really do. Yeah, a lot of people do miss miss both of those guys, Coach Smith and Coach Guthridge. Uh, so yeah. your first game, Appalachian State. What was it like running out into the court of Dean Smithson and say, you, you know, I'm here now, uh, and and you're actually running out down the court with in the in the Dean Smith Center to get ready to play your first college game? I tell you what, now if if I would have had one of those smart watches back then and checked my heart rate, I'd say that I might have been at a 190. I was already tired before I walked on the court. You were gassed already, <laughs> huh? Yeah, it was true. Like, you were sitting there, like, you know, we got that line, the blue line we got across. Um, man, the chills that I had. I mean, I going to, the, you know, that Duke game, Duke Carolina game was the first game I've gone back to since I've left school. Oh, really? Yes, okay. because I'm always out of I was always out of country. Yeah, that's right. So that was my first game, and just sitting up in the stands brought back the feeling, not the memories, but the feeling when they start playing that music when the guys are running out, and I and I kind of forgot about it, and then as soon as it did, I showed my friend I just had chills. Um, <laughs> it's, it's it's a feeling. It's unbelievable when you have over twenty thousand people cheering and supporting you, believing in you, and then you got the music playing. You know, for the band, oh, man, I, I, I love it. Yeah, it, it had to be, I can't imagine the feeling there. Playing in the Dean Dome for four years, though, that had to be, you know, incredible with that crowd there. Uh, such a great crowd there. But uh, what was it like playing in the Dean Dome, though? I mean, I know we talked a little bit about your first time there, but uh, some of these games that that you guys like to say a big rivalry game like Duke, how was it playing in front of that crowd at like a Duke game? Oh, well, a game like that, you know, the game goes so fast and you don't even feel tired in those games because your adrenaline is going so hard. You, you like, oh, the game's over? Like, you don't – I just never got tired. I didn't know. <laughs> you know, Coach Guthridge always would tell me, Chris, you know, you don't have to go 100% all the time. You know, you can, you can go because go. he told me that early in the year. He really did. Um, but, he, but he always told us, he says, if you raise your hand to take yourself out, you can put yourself back in. And so I would sit there and run as hard as I could, you know, for, for about the 17-minute mark. And, you know, 16-minute mark is when you got the TV timeout. Right. But I never would make, I would never make it to the 17-minute mark because, or to the 16, because I would just be, I would sprint on every end. 
Um, but in what my plan always was was as I TV town out, go back in. Right. I got you. I got <laughs> so, you. But yeah. But anyway, yeah. I remember those speeches. You, you guys start off when eight in a row, including going to Madison Square Garden for a tournament. You guys beat number 14, Purdue, number three, Stanford, mm-hmm. uh, two and days in a Mark, row. Mark, Mark Mad Dog Manson, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys, come, you guys come out and get up to number three in the nation. Then you drop a, a game to College of Char- Charleston uh, by two. Which was a big upset. Yeah. I can remember watching that game. That was a big, big upset there. Uh, but uh, talk about a little bit about the the Duke rivalry a little bit with me. Uh, how, were you were you? I know you were aware since you were from Gaston. You followed Carolina. But what was it like getting thrown into that Duke rivalry? What was the feeling like? Like the first time you went to Cameron. Uh, the first time going to Cameron was uh, overwhelming because. Well, remember, most of the colleges in ACC have pretty decent-sized gyms. Oh, yeah. And then here we go going, here we go to Cameron, which, you know, there was no fans at the time yet, and so when we got there, um, I, I thought I was at a high school gym. <laughs> uh, but, of course, then the, the Cameron Crazies came in. Um, I love them. Now, they're, 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 they're slick. They're smart and creative with how they taunt you. Um, but it's all entertainment, you know. I, I love that stuff, so I, you know, I, I kind of got off on. It. I was like, right. okay, I like it. it motivates you more. Um, but no, the atmosphere and the camp with the camera crazies is is freaking fabulous. Uh, I think you know any kid that plays college ball, if they get a chance to go play in Cameron against Duke, that'd be a great experience for them because it's that's. One of a kind type of crowd, and uh, they stay intense. They're loyal, um, you know, and I respect them for that. I mean, yeah, they're my rival school, but you still have to have respect oh, for yeah. other teams and for their fans, in which I do. Yeah, and they had a, a a pretty good lineup when you faced them your freshman year: Elton Brand, Trajan Langdon, Corey McGetty, uh Shane Battier, among others. That uh, you know, going up against those layups. Oh yeah, going up against those guys—that that was that was tough. That was—that's <laughs> a tough lineup to go up against right there. Let's talk about one of your teammates <laughs> and one of my favorite Tar Heels of all time, and uh, Adamala Okalaja. What was it like playing with with Mr. Okalaja? Well, Adi, Adi was obviously you know he was a senior, so he was he was the old head on the team. Uh, <laughs> um, so he. Thought he knew everything, which obviously he had a lot of experience with final fours and everything. So um, he was sort of like the grandpa. He he, uh, he would always help us out. But like I said, at the same time, he was the old head, so he was set in his ways and you know um, was a good teacher on the court um, and also off the court. I mean, I have nothing but positive things to say about Adi, uh, but he was like the grandpa of the team. Uh, <laughs> Because all the rest of us looked like, you know, we were like little kids. And here he is, a grown man that had to shave almost every other day. Because <laughs> <laughs> at Carolina, during that time, Coach Smith and Coach Guthrie didn't, didn't allow facial hair unless you had a doctor's note that you had some type of skin or acne condition. Right. Right. I do. So, you know, and so you're seeing him in the bathroom, you know, before games and sometimes just randomly after practice, after we shower, he's shaving. I'm like, I ain't had to shave you like that, man. <laughs> I shave once every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
What was it like the first time you get to the ACC tournament? You 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 taking on your your buddy over there, Bobby Crimmins at Georgia Tech. What was it like though, getting to that ACC tournament, getting in that atmosphere for the first time? Well, I can't lie to you. The first thing that I loved about the ACC tournament was the ACC tournament gifts. Oh, I didn't I didn't know how that worked when I was at when I got to Carolina in the first ACC tournament. You know, we got into our locker room and we had a box, and you know, it, you know, it has gifts in it. And one time, I think it was—I think the very first year—was a video camera. Really? That's what it was. I've never yeah. heard this. I've never heard this before. This is—I I want to hear more about this. Yeah, no, that's like um, you know, of course, it's, it's tournament gifts, so it's not any any type of incidental thing or whatever. But it was like um, it's the the gifts that were given from like that's the way they do the Big Ten, the ACC Big Ten Challenge was right. always sponsored gifts given out and that flipped me out you know i was like you know i just thought it was cool when i'm playing college ball and get free shoes when i need them <laughs> much less a, 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 video, a video camera, camera at the time. yeah back then you know video cameras were the thing um and so i mean that was that but uh no honestly the acc tournament almost felt like um like an ncaa tournament it was that or even bigger like it, i'll tell you what my final four experience yeah it almost had the same intensity level or the same feeling in the ACC tournament. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not, not, not the, not the NCAA, the first round or second round, but maybe once you got to the okay, the Elite Eight. Right. Uh, and that's how intense the ACC tournament felt. The the intensity and the pressure in the ACC tournament. You know, uh, but of course, obviously, as athletes, we train for that. And we love that. We love that moment, living in that moment. Um, I mean, it was always exciting time. So it's like we had a double, double final four experience. Whether you know you go into the NCAA tournament and the ACC tournament as well. Oh no, it was, I'll tell you what, college was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You guys, you guys get to the ACC cha- tournament championship, lose, lose to Duke, and then you drop a first round uh, stunner uh, against uh, Weber State, which you know I still don't. I still don't want even want to talk about about that game because it. Um, <laughs> but the next year yeah, you come no. back, uh, you come back the next year. You go twenty two and fourteen. Now you end up playing Michigan State early in the year. You you lose them, but they go on to win. They're the eventual national champions. What was it like playing against so you got Mateen? You had Mateen Cleves, Morris Peterson, Jason Richardson on that team. What was it like playing against those guys? No, and they have what's his name, Zach. Uh, Zach, Randolph, uh, yeah, Zach name? Randolph. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, I thought it was awesome. Their fans are very, very good too. They're not as good as Cameron, but they have the same uh, feel as the, the Cameron crazes. But they're not that intense. Uh, I actually had a good game against them. I remember that. But uh, it was a good game up there. I mean, good experience because I've never actually been to Michigan. You know, y'all always hear about Michigan, Michigan State. Um, I felt good going up there playing. Obviously, we, we came up short, but um, wasn't, as, wasn't as a hard game as I thought it was going to be. I right. thought it would be a little, you know, because Coach Cut always talked about um, they're, they're tough, you know, is those defense, they're going to hit you and all this. But remember, I'm, I'm physical. I like to be hit. I like right. to hit people. So I, ooh, <laughs> I was like, this is going to be fun. But it wasn't that hard. You know, I think I still had like 22 points that game. But uh, um, it was still, it was, it's good atmosphere as well. I think the Izzo crowd is good as well. Yeah, and then then you play a Cincy team with Kenya Martin. I had, that had to be kind of tough playing against Kenya Martin. 
No, that, that was just, you know, back in the day, I was that wiry, strong, super athletic uh, player. It's hard to, hard to play against because he can jump quick. I mean, he doesn't get, he gets high, but not super high, but he jumps quick off the ground. There's right. a difference. So you got to kind of play it differently, but at the same time, you know, one or two dribbles, he can actually play as strong. So yeah, during that time in college, that was, uh, that was always a challenge, but I wish I'd have had my, my grown up strength, you know, like my, you know, so grown man strength, like I have now back then, then I wouldn't have had a problem with him, but yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but he, he was, he was a tough one. Yeah. They had him, DJ, DeMar Johnson. They were, uh, at Kenny Lattimore, somebody. I had a point guard that was decent. Someone, yeah. I can't remember who They were ranked number one when good. you guys played them that year, too. Uh, yeah, they were pretty good. Yeah, and then, and then you got the rivalry with NC State. And I have to ask you this, because I'm an old school guy, and you talked a little bit about yeah. about Cameron being, you know, so small, but you played in both Reynolds and you played in PNC. Yes. Right. Now, yeah. which one which one was tough to play in, Reynolds or PNC, do you? Oh, oh that's too easy. That's Reynolds. You know, because and I've talked to I've talked to some Carolina ball players. I've talked to some NC State ball players, and like I said, I'm an old school guy. I seriously think that you you take away an advantage with it when you. And I know that it's it's more about the business now, putting butts in the seat and making some money. But you take away that advantage when you move from Reynolds to PNC. Uh, oh. I I think. And and it, the last, I think I I don't know if you remember I you remember Ashawa Benjamin that played at State. Uh, yeah. I, I interviewed him a couple weeks ago and we talked about it. And he was he, he said at least four games should be played in Reynolds every year. The Carolina and Duke games are two of them that should be played in Reynolds. But you know, and that's how I feel. You take away an advantage there when you when you go to that big. I, I like the students, and I noticed something the other night. And I don't know how long this has gone on. But at the Carolina Duke game, it looked like the students were closer to the floor than they usually are. Because it used to be the alumni were right there behind the the basket, and now it looks like they moved the students back there behind the basket now on one end. Oh yes, sir. Oh no, they are. That's they got that's the little lottery tickets that they get um, for all games now. But yeah, they got that whole. I think it's one, two, three, four. I think it's like six or seven rows going up uh, behind that basket where the, uh, through the, you know, where they enter for the tunnel. So they yeah. get taught the visiting team and, of course, cheer us on as they come out. Well, yeah. I, I'm glad to see that because that, that's important. I think you, you need that support from the students like that, and that makes a big difference. I just remember how it was back in the in the mid-'80s, early-'90s with uh, with Ren- and, and even into the, uh, the mid-'90s with Reynolds and Cameron. Uh, even Carmichael was was uh, kind of loud back then, but I'm just glad to see they put the students back down there. I kind of got off track with you a little bit. I'm sorry about that. Um, but you go to the ACC tournament, lose to Wake Forest in the first round. After that, you guys are 18 and 13. Did you have? I mean, did you feel like maybe we can make a run in the tournament in the in the NCAA tournament, or were you, was your your confidence down after that? No, no, we, we knew we had a great team. You know, we just weren't, every game weren't clicking all together. You know, we had some, some character issues and everything, but, uh, but when we wound up putting our self agendas aside, we were a hell of a good team. But, uh, um, and we did wind up having a couple team meetings and it looks like maybe one of them happened to work, which was, like I said, you always want to be, um, 
clicking on all cylinders at the end, not at the beginning. And, um, you know, so luckily, not luckily, you know, um, we worked through it. Yeah, and, uh, you, you know, we started clicking, yeah. You guys had a, had a great run in the tournament, uh, open up with a big win over Missouri, then upset over Stanford, who was number three that you guys mm-hmm. beat the second time this year, and number 11, Tennessee, and number 18, Tulsa. But you guys get to the Final Four against Florida. Uh, what was it like getting to and, – and I know we talked about the ACC tournament and your first time playing at the Smith Center. How about getting to the Final Four? Oh, that was, uh, that was a whole other thing. You're out on a football field or whatever, stadium, and it was just full. So it just had a whole other feel to it. You felt like you are playing outside. Uh, but obviously awesome. The whole process, you know, you're there days before doing TV interviews, going out to eat with the team at, in great restaurants and, you know, seeing yourself on commercials and, and, um, just how the, the support of all the fans and the camaraderie of other teams, fans taunting you whenever they see you out in the street, you know, um, <laughs> oh man, you know, and also you had those NCAA meetings, you know, I mean, actually we had a meeting. Each of the teams has a meeting with um, someone that works for the FBI talking about gambling and stuff. I'm like, I don't want anything about gambling. I'm thinking about playing basketball. But obviously, apparently, there's all types of stuff going on. But, right. yeah, it was, um, I mean, it's just a, a great experience. There's, like, a lot of little things that go on behind the scenes a lot of people don't know that they try to teach uh, the players. But, you know, some of them are so excited and overwhelmed, they just forget or don't listen to those kind of things because they think that's boring. They want, you know, the other stuff but yeah. yeah and then you you guys end up losing to florida who goes on to lose to michigan state in the in the finals but uh another teammate we got to talk about one of the one of the iconic point guards in north carolina history ed coda what was it like playing with ed coda still my favorite point guard of all time playing with <laughs> that's 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 enough that's enough said i i that says enough right there. Still my, my favorite point guard in my history of playing basketball professionally or whatever, the best. And even while I was in Italy, I played one year with Travis Best. Um, you know, oh, yeah. He just came from the NBA, NBA Finals in, in, with Indiana, and like a couple years later, he was there playing with me. Still, Ed Cota's the best point guard that I've ever played with. Yeah, and uh, what? Yes, yeah, definitely, <laughs> like I said, one of the most iconic point guards at Carolina and, and could – you know, you got Phil Ford up there, but Ed Cotto is right there with him as far as I'm concerned. So you come out your junior year, Coach Guthrie's leaving. What was it like finding out that Coach Guthrie was leaving? Devastated. Uh, shook. Uh, I had I did not know what to think. Um, Jason and I both were just, you know, I think Jason was actually crying in the meeting. I remember when Coach Guthridge came in to the locker room, uh, he, he had a letter that he had in his hand, and he was, uh, you know, he had to read it. He couldn't speak for himself. He had to read what he was going to say, and he was crying when he was talking, and, and mm. you know, a lot of guys started crying in there. So, um, it, it hurt. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, um, I'm sure. That's that, that changed a lot because I, I, you know, I thought because we knew Jason, Ronald, and I knew uh, Coach Smith was retiring. He told us that prior when we committed. He says, I will not be here, but you will have Coach Guthridge here um, once I'm gone. And like he said, and he promised Coach Smith, you know, Coach Smith said, I will still have my office and I'll be at a lot of practice 
practices, which he was. And even we held film sessions with Coach Smith still. Um, but once, and I thought, okay, that's fine. But, you know, Coach Guthrie is going to be there. He's going to be there till the end. I, yeah, no. I, you know, we were thinking then, okay, well, then it's going to be Coach Ford. Right. But I was Coach Ford or Hanners or Sully, uh, we're good. But as you already know, uh, yeah, Coach Doherty. Doherty. How 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 was it with with him? Uh, your first impressions of him? Man, you, you, you're making this hard on me. I know, look, if you don't want to answer that, that's fine. That's that. I have no problem I'm, with I'm, that. You, you, you know what? No, I'm, I'm I'm old. I'm an old man now. See, now old men can't really keep their mouth shut. And I'm not. I don't play basketball anymore, so I'm not stepping on no toes. Um, he's <laughs> politically, he is correct. Right. Uh, he's, uh, he's politically, he's correct. But to be a coach uh, behind closed doors, no, is not effective. Uh, with um, relating to the players, even though he was a player, right? Um, ego really gets in the way. Okay. Um, I'm a grown man now. I, after looking back on it years and years with all my experience now, um, ego. Ego was his worst enemy. Yeah, and I, um, he let it get in the way too much. I have interviewed him, and I have interviewed uh, Joseph Forte, uh, which <laughs> Joe, Joe, uh-huh. Joseph had, you know, almost, he didn't come out like, you just did, but he he kind of hinted around at that as well, uh, and uh, yeah, you know, like I said, if you want me to cut that out, that, that's that's perfectly fine. I just didn't know, I didn't know what your feelings were. I had a feeling, but I didn't know for sure. No, it's no, it's fine. I mean, it's um, it's over and it's done with. Um, I'm I'm all grown up now. Matt Darty's all grown up. He knows what he did. I know what I did. Um. I mean, I, I don't. I didn't say anything that was incorrect. Right. I mean, if, uh, I mean, uh, or you know, accusing anyone of anything. It's, I know now what what the issue was with him, and I just know that that was ego. That was, you know, he had dreams, which every man does to succeed to the best of their abilities, and he had a great opportunity, but he let the ego get in the way and didn't think about the players. Right. Um, he thought more of himself and what his accomplishments could be. Um, you know, his first year with us, let's just be honest. First year, you know, we were so darn good. We yeah. had so many good players. You didn't, you didn't really have to coach us. Um, you know, we could win a lot of games with just our talent that, that, that junior, our junior year. Um, but what hurt us was when our seniors graduated and then we had one of his recruiting classes come in, the, the, we just didn't mesh. Now, Jawad, Jackie, you know, all those guys, great guys. No, no, no. I, I love them still to this day. Um, but the coach could not get us gelling together. Right. Not like one person wanted to shoot or this person wanted to do that. No, it wasn't none of that. Um, it was just, there was no character issues. No, we all got along. We all wanted to win, but we just, um, just couldn't get it uh, figured out. And then once, we start losing a few games. Um, of course, obviously, your confidence and everything gets 
rattled, um, and then some words and some things were said or um, an exchange between player-coach, not player-player. We never argued. Even while we were losing that way, we never argued with each other. Right. It was always player-coach stuff. And, you know, that part I won't get into, but oh, it, was yeah, always, no. it was always player-coach. It never it never was player-player during that time. So right. um, as far as the players go, we, we stuck together, and we never thought it was something with us. We just knew there was something – yeah, the, I got you. I got you. Let's just say that. I got yeah. you. I got you. Let's talk and, about. And I'm just. Go no, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. You go ahead. And and I just want to say that I'm just glad that you know. Unfortunately, it took three years, which is three years too long, um, for them to figure out that they needed to make that change. Um, but in some aspect, even though McCants is a little bit outspoken and, and crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he 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 helped. He helped shine a little more light on, uh, you know, the issue that most of us as players, remember, we were young. We were taught not to talk bad about or talk anything about your Carolina family, which you're not supposed to. But, you know, Rashad at least brought some light to the uh, the problem, and it seemed to have, you know, triggered a little chain reaction, and people started like, well, wait a minute, maybe so. And then... I mean, Rashad did other things that I don't agree with now. But right. as far as as far as shining a little light on that part of the problem, yeah, 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 you yeah. did good. Yeah. So let's let's talk about a couple of your teammates that you talked about right off. Uh, first of all, Brendan Haywood. How how was it playing on that 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 front line with Brendan Haywood? Oh, remember, you know. Hey, is my guy. He, he's my son. You can ask him. I put him on my <laughs> knee. I bounce on my knee up and down. You know, pat him on his back. He's, that's my little my little son. Um, obviously, uh, a, a great player, great defender. Um, heck, we 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 were great compliment to each other. Uh, we definitely were. You know, he. Um, what can I say? I mean, he was. That was that was a perfect little combo, right? That's probably the best combo that I play with. You know, him playing the five and I'm the four. Um, shoot, you know, rebounding wise, us both altering shots, and we both could run the court. We always had competition who could get down the court faster, and um, <laughs> that's a good that's a good good problem to have. Is you got two big men that can get up and down the court. Yeah, anytime um, you got two big men running up and down the court, that's that's a good problem to have. You're right. That, yeah. Yes, it is. That's why we but we did it on both ends. We did it, especially on the offensive end because you know we have secondary <laughs> secondary break. We'll try to see who can get down there first. And then what the other player would do though, if they if like if Brendan beat me down there, if there's a certain you know option in the secondary break where depending on where I pass the ball, he has to wind up <laughs> screening away, and that lets me go down to the block and him come up. So. It was, it's kind of funny, you know, we're trying to get each other in and out. Oh, you beat me down the court? Okay. And then you run the secondary option where he has to screen away and I get to go to the block. But it was always, it was just fun, though. It was, yeah. We, you know, he's still my boy now. We talk almost every other day now. So oh, really? I'm really? That's awesome. Oh, oh yeah. So, I, I still keep in very, very close contact with uh, Brendan and Jason. Those two are, we're still in contact. I just talked to Jason last night. I mean, we're in contact every, you know. Every week. Okay. Yeah, that, that's my next question. Jason Capel. It sounds like you two were pretty close as well. Oh, yeah. That was my roommate. I hear you. And 
and with my roommate in college, I mean, we rolled together at every game. I mean, we're, we're for life, as, as we call it. Uh, um, he gave me my tickets uh, a couple weeks ago to the, the Duke uh, pit game um, up in Cameron. Right. So I'm, right behind, I'm literally right behind the bench with them, uh, watching the plays being called out and everything. Uh, and, uh, he sends me pit gear. I got a whole bunch of – I got <clears> – <throat> how about this? He sends me pit gear, but Carolina won't send me any, any gear. Oh really? Oh, I've that's not right. We don't. We something had to be done about that. Well, I've called up to Carolina um, and, and asked for them to send gear, and they asked my size and everything, and never get anything. Never received nothing. No. Um, so it is what it is. I'm not gonna cry about that. Um, but yeah, they. You know, I get my. You know, whatever the ACC tournament's gonna happen in Greensboro. Uh, Jason's already got my tickets ready for me, but they're going to be pit tickets. And it's just, you know, that's family. Yeah, uh, I got I went, up to, I went up to Fayetteville uh, in just August. It was the beginning of, of August, I believe it was, um, for his, you know, Fayetteville State, where his dad coached. And they were having a, a fundraiser there, a camp fundraiser there for his, uh, his dad's illness. They were raising money for that, and I went up there and helped out with that with Mama Cape. You know, his mom's up there. Um, that's my second family, so they know that. That's <clears throat> they they literally like whenever I want to go up there to Fayetteville, I can stay with their house. I can do whatever I want. I mean, it's literally my second family. No joke. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So after after Carolina, what what was the feeling like when it all ended? I mean, of course that that last year was not not your best year by yeah. far. But after it ended, was was it, you know, with that situation, was it more of a relief or was it a little bit 50-50 relieved and, and sad to see it ended? Well, well, it was, well, at, by then, unfortunately, by then, I was happy for it to be that way. Right. Not, not because of the experience, you know, playing in the Dean Dome or – <clears throat> or being on the college campus, no, that stuff. When I thought about that, that made me sad. But we were so mentally drained yeah. from what was going on behind closed doors with the staff. Um, I was just re- we were just ready to get away. Um, we, you know, uh, I'm just speak for me, but uh, but yeah, that was mentally and emotionally draining from that end. Playing on the court and losing games. Okay, that's going to happen. Yeah, did we lose a lot? Yes, that's going to happen. But that's not what really is the drain part. The drain part was the stuff that went went on behind closed doors. It's just like it was just something every other day. So it was just tiring. That yeah. part was. Yeah. Actually, actually, it was a great escape when you just had to go to class. And that, that <laughs> and that's the, bad. That bad when you go to part. class and get get escape. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was. You know, like all right, cool. I just got to go to class today. You know, I'm good. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah. So you you ended up going overseas playing for a while. What how how tough was it to adjust to to playing overseas? Oh, my first year was uh, rough. Um, I was literally on the phone with my uh, family uh, two to three hours a night, and during that time, you know, there was no and cell phones, uh, Wi-Fi like we have now. Yeah, there was none of that stuff. So um i literally this is no joke my phone bill each of those months was between two thousand to three thousand five hundred each month wow because it kept my sanity it, it kept my sanity though yeah yeah then but you you ended up having a, a pretty good career overseas that you you come back uh so what what are you up to now 
Oh, well, since I just retired six months ago, um, I helped uh, a private school here, guys, today with coaching. I coached the uh, the JV and varsity team. Okay. But now, um, so I want to get into coaching eventually, maybe. Um, I was talking to Jason about that. Also, I want to get into uh, the TV. So he uh, made a couple contacts, calls this last week, actually, with um, West Durham. Um, okay. So maybe we can get started on that end because I really want to get into doing what you're doing. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, I, I can't wait. I hope you get there. I can't wait to see that. I, I, I'm hoping that that will happen. Uh, like I said, they put my name up there up in Connecticut and just kind of see what uh, if anything pops up. It doesn't matter whether it's a girls' game, whether it's this, or whether it's online. I'll start wherever I got to start. Um, but in the meantime, while I'm here in Gastonia um, in the Charlotte area. I just do private lessons. I train uh, a lot of uh, players in basketball. I, I'm doing strength and conditioning also with football players and also with just, as I say, non-athletes, the people just trying to lose weight, tone. Um, I love, I'm a social person, so I like, and it's, it's stuff that I know a lot about, that's what I'm doing right now. Um, and I, shoot, I enjoy it. Honestly, I do. Now, I've so, been, I got a lot of, I've okay. been a, uh, a volunteer coach at a local, it's a private school here, small school. I've been a coach, uh-huh. a football coach here for the last 12 years. So, uh, I, you know, you, as far as getting into coaching, I, it, it sounds like I don't know you too well for just from what we're talking today, but it sounds like you would be a good one. But I, I can't wait to see you. I hope you get this TV gig. That would, you, I mean, you got a good voice for it. Well, 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 I appreciate that. But that's what I'm hoping for because, you know, it inspires me more when I saw Jason doing it and right. did a very good job of it. Um, and he's only stepped away from it just because his brother's the coach of Pitt, and that's a great opportunity for him. Yeah. Because uh, otherwise, that he told me he said he would stick in the ra- he'd stick in the TV and radio. Um, and of course, look at Brendan now. Um, I just I am so happy and proud of him. Yeah. Uh, for where he's at now, um, he deserves it. But I feel like um, as well, um, I can get somewhere along. Along, there, there's a spot for me somewhere on there. So uh, I'm just going to be patient, and if someone gives me the opportunity to do whatever I need to do, I'm uh, show what I can do. Oh, that's pretty <laughs> awesome. I, I I wish you nothing but the best of luck in that. Uh, first, before I let you go, I got I got I just got a few quick hit questions, and uh, and then I'll let you go. Favorite game that you played while you were in your four years at Carolina? If you could go back and play one game. God. I know that's a tough one. Well, I would say the most memorable game, actually, um, not talking about from a stat standpoint for me, was actually the Duke game we won in Cameron. Uh, Brendan hit some free throws um, towards the end. The junior um, year. That was the junior year. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was a that was a good one. Uh, we <laughs> I've been run off. Well, I ain't gonna mention all that, but we ran off the court and. I had some nice choice words at that time. <laughs> the the okay, but, uh, I got you. I, I remember that one. Yeah, I, I was, that's one of them. There's a lot, but I, I, I'll just name that one. That stands out. Toughest toughest player you had to defend? In college. Um, I would say during that time, because I was just a freshman, I wasn't that strong yet, Elton Brand. Elton Brand, yeah, that's a good one. What about overseas? Is there uh, another guy that you, when you played overseas, that was tougher than that to defend? 
Um, no, by that time, because, you know, overseas basketball during that time was, you know, most of them were big guys, strong guys. Right. But by that time, I was, I was already, I was actually one of the stronger guys in Europe. So that didn't phase me then. Um, so I'll just have to, you know, not, no one really stands out. <clears throat> okay. You know, playing against the cost. Like, you know, when I had to play against Fran Vasquez, who was drafted 11th, and we were on the same team in Mulligan, Spain, I always killed him, but he was drafted 11th. And Jorge Garbajosa was on my team. You know, he had a couple few good years in the NBA. Um, but wasn't hard to guard or, or anything. So, no, by that time, I, I had my grown man strength by then. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, no. Nah. Okay. If you would have gave me my grown man strength my freshman year, Elton Brown would have been that bad either. I got you. He was a big dude. Toughest, t- hardest, the guy that guards you the best, one you hated to see guarding you? Um, the most uncomfortable would have been Shane Battier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Long, because long, he flopped. Long. Yeah, but yeah, but he flopped. And <laughs> and the refs loved it. Like the ref, It's like the refs got off on being able to do their little charge sign for him. I'm like, really? Like, sometimes you honestly wouldn't touch the guy and he would, would flop. And um, it made it very hard to post up because even if you didn't use your arms, the post, you just stuck your butt out. And he flops on out. I'm like, Jesus, play basketball a little bit, guy. You're not that weak. Yeah. Uh, but he was a smart player. You know, he was using his his intelligence, and, and you got to give him that. I mean, he did very, very well at it. But uh, but the refs just kind of fueled him for, you know, to you know embellish it more. I mean, exaggerate on that. It's like it just got a little too too much at one point. Yeah. All right, well, that's. I'm not going to take up any more of your time. Thank you so much. Man, I have really enjoyed talking to you. And, and like I said, I, keep me posted on, how, on, on this TV deal, uh, and I'll be in contact with you. But I, I wish you nothing but the best of luck in that. I hope you can get, get something with that. Well, I, I, appreciate, I appreciate you uh, inviting me on the show. And anytime you want me to come on and want to chat it up about something, we can uh, definitely do that. Um, but, yeah, I, I will keep you up to date, and hopefully um, – you know, within the next few months or something or another, um, and I'll have something uh, on a TV or radio show just starting out somewhere. I hope so. I hope so, man. Thank you so much again, Mr. Lang. I really appreciate it. Guys, that is Chris Lang on the final score. Have a good night.